0: Thanks for coming back to hear the rest of this incredible conversation with Elizabeth. Let's pick up right where we left off. Thinking about, you know, your time in the community, whether a stranger has stepped in or hasn't stepped in to help, do you see COVID changing um, people's responses, um, whether they're more willing to help or they're not as willing to help? Um, And I know it's kind of a two-parted question, (laughs) <laughs> um so di- digest that however whatever comes out
1: <laughs> well I Elizabeth hate absolutely hate asking for help from strangers I absolutely hate it and the reason why I do is because I already assume that everybody knows or thinks that I can't do things so What I want to show people is that I am capable of doing things. Mm -hmm. So I hate asking for help. And honestly, when people ask me for help, my response is always a polite, no, thank you. I've got it. I will ask for help if I'm in a grocery store and I can't reach something that I do, that I do do. But um, (laughs) I, has COVID changed? I don't know. Cause I was, it was interesting. Cause a couple of months ago I was at the grocery store, and mind you, I hadn't really been to a grocery store much in the last year before this particular experience. And I from the moment I opened my door to get out of the car, to the moment that I left the grocery store, I feel like 20 people asked me if I needed help. And I literally was about to, how do I say this politely? Just lose it. <laughs> <laughs> That's my nice way of putting it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, Cause I can be very blunt. Um, <laughs> and I went home and at the time I had a roommate and I just said, Oh my gosh, I literally could not handle today. And we kind of had this conversation and I think it kind of went back to, was I forgetting the way that the world used to be? Or were people asking because we had all been away from the world for so long that we all kind of forget how to exist in society? Or is it also that we now live in 20, well, it's just 2021 at the time where we are trying to become more aware you know, which one was it? I don't know. Mm. Great. But yes, I'm yeah. the worst person
2: to ask about asking for help. <laughs> no, I no, it's okay.
0: I just, I was curious on, and I, again, that's I, going to be so individualized um, with people, but it just gives me a an extra thought because it's like we're being so, we don't want to touch. We don't want to interact. We don't want to get too close to somebody. So I don't know. I just was curious if that was something you've noticed, but it's also commendable because like you said, you just, you want to show the people that you can do it and you don't need the help. And I think that's wonderful at the same time.
2: I love the three questions that you and your roommate kind of unpacked together and had a, a deeper conversation around that experience as well. Cause I too do not like to ask for help. <laughs> um, Apparently I learned a lot from you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I really want to have another episode of all the
2: babysitting advice uh, that I ever gave Yeah, you. <laughs> that definitely would be another episode. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it's hard to ask for help because I often want to come across that I, I have it. I can do it. It's no big deal. So um, you're not alone there but in this season of my life, I have decided that I am going to ask for the help. Um, So that's where I am right now in this season. Um, Elizabeth, I have a question for you um, Mm -hmm. that definitely goes, kind of um, brings together a big part of our podcast is what does belonging mean to you? And specifically, how do you see yourself belonging in a society that isn't tailored for people with disabilities?
1: That is a loaded question. <laughs> it's um, a big one. I say a big one. <laughs> yes. Um, it's one that, you know, off the top of my head, it kind of, first thing that comes to my mind is I don't ever felt like I've belonged in this world but to kind of go off on a tangent I think that's kind of what China taught me was that okay so backtracking a little bit I think that there are people in this world that wait for change and then they can live or they can survive or whatever it is they're trying to do or there are people in this world that have to be a part of the change and I think where I belong in this world is being a part of the change and I think realizing that my uniqueness was inspiring to people and realizing that if I honed in on that uniqueness and owned that um that there was a huge place for me in this world um And, but I had to live with confidence and I had to own who I was through and through and to not let all the noise around me affect me. And so I think that, I guess to say that, do I belong in this world? No, but yes.
2: Mm. wow we took some so I'm think- oh,
0: yeah and i'm thinking i'm just processing I'm processing
2: <laughs> no
1: worries um i'm just gonna pretend like i left people speechless
0: that's right you know <laughs> you, you did. left
2: me speechless many a times many a times just but in speechless like just totally in in awe. friends we wanted to interrupt the episode for a few minutes to discuss the pause we took after Elizabeth answered a question. When we started talking about our podcast, one piece that was incredibly important for us was asking the deep, vulnerable questions, one being around belonging. While we realized the questions would be hard to ask, we forgot how hard it could be to hear the response. Elizabeth's real and raw answer of that, she didn't feel like she belonged, hit us in such a way it literally left us without words. We didn't want to fill the odd silence with fake words, but wanted to embrace the uncomfortable moment of silence. It's in the silence we really feel and hear what was just said.
0: After our conversation ended with Elizabeth, we were still taping off record. It was at this time we shared with her how hard it was to hear the words she spoke. In this time with her, she continued to share, and we asked if we could add this to our taped conversation, and she said yes. So let's pick up after where she left us speechless.
2: Um, I, you were like the first person I knew about disability.
1: Yeah, I still get that to this day, which, which is, so my whole mission has kind of been to reach the (laughs) non-disabled community because I just feel like there's so many people that don't know people with disabilities that we need to reach those people because nothing's ever going to change if we don't but also one of the things that I love about you all doing your podcast from their perspectives that you are is that you wait you both don't have disabilities right I know one of you doesn't
2: no, <laughs> no so Nicole's an OT and yeah. so she she chose to work with people with disabilities as a choice and obviously I am been a Kate so mine was by
1: chance so yeah so what my whole point is, is that I love the fact that two people that don't have disabilities are advocating for disability but also have connections to it and knowledge of it are speaking up on it because that's what's going to help change the world is when people that don't have disabilities are then advocating and speaking up because people People tend to not listen to people with disabilities. I've just noticed this my whole life. It's interesting. People are starting to listen more now in the last five years or so. But for a long time, they didn't. And the other thing about disability is, and I wanted to say this today, there was never a right moment to say it, but disability is such a silent minority. No one ever talks about it. It is not in the diversity and inclusion talks. It's not, like when people, like, People don't ever talk about disability. They only talk about race. It's hilarious. It's not hilarious in a good way. I have to laugh about it. So we need to be talking about it. And I think something that does need to be discussed, whether it's your podcast, a podcast I do, whatever, someone needs to bring it up, is we need to be talking about it. We need to not be afraid to talk about it. We also need to not be afraid to mess up or to say the wrong thing. And that's why when people say stupid things to me, I don't, you know, say anything back. I'm polite because people need to learn, but we don't need to scorn people or hurt people for trying.
2: Hmm. Hmm. You know, what I love, I love that we're still recording this. <laughs> I love that we're still recording this, and I can cut and paste. <laughs> well, Elizabeth, as you said early on that you are active and I would say you're very active. Um, I wish I can hold up a picture um, to you all right now, but I just wanted you to imagine that I'm showing you a picture and it's Elizabeth in her wheelchair. And to me, it was like she was hiking over some really massive rocks and I won't tell you uh, what I called her when I messaged her and said um, about the picture. Cause I was just like, Oh my gosh, like you're incredible. But what to say she was wonder woman. She was definitely wonder woman in that moment. And um, it just showed me again, like, gosh, you just truly have no limits. And she responded back to me and she said that she had a flat tire during that hike and I was like what like I mean again if I can show you this picture it was quite remarkable and to think that she had a flat tire during all of that um to me that was just amazing just to see you just in that moment um and I wasn't even there but can you just share some of the other just amazing things that you um have done that truly show that you have no limits?
1: Well, I mean, like I said earlier, I just do what I want to do and I find a way. And I think that that's important. I know that's my story. Not everybody's going to be the same, but I think the one thing that can be said for every single person is we can all, try whatever we want to try and if we don't succeed that's okay but at least we tried. um so I just kind of want to put that out there that you know this is my story and you know no two stories are the same and doesn't mean that everybody will be able to accomplish the same things you know there's things I haven't been able to accomplish that I'm sure someone else has been able to accomplish so just want to throw that out there but um because I was walking uh completely until I was 14 with crutches and braces. I learned to rollerblade and ice skate um, with my crutches. Uh, I paddleboard, I jet ski, snow ski, kayak. I learned to surf. Uh, I went to a boarding school that was not accessible at all. And you know, my philosophy has just always been if I have to crawl, I got to crawl. If I got to walk with my crutches and braces, I got to walk with the right crutches and braces. Yeah. You know, but I'm going to do what I want to do type of thing. Mm-hmm.
2: Did your parents, who are awesome, by the way, love <laughs> to get together with your mom and dad. Um, did they instill in you that? you can do anything that you want to do from a very young age, or did you kind of come to that realization yourself?
1: I think it was a little bit of both, but I mean, I remember my little kid self and I remember being like, I can do that. Like to speak on rollerblading, I remember, so I was using skates at the time because they had the stopper in front And my friend was rollerblading and I said, I want to try those. And my dad literally says, well, I don't know if you can do that. I was like, well, I want to try. And I literally got up and I skated around the entire rink. I was like, I knew I could do it. You know, I think I just always kind of knew my abilities. And, you know, my disability is, I guess, from a spectrum perspective, not that high level, you know, and so there is a lot that I can do and. I think it also goes into growing up in a world that we were talking about, like, do I feel like belong? Growing up in a world that is... No no one really has disabilities. If you... Like, growing up, I did not know anyone really who had a disability like myself at all. And mind you, there was kids with learning disabilities and I'm sure diabetes and things like that, but those weren't classified as disabilities back then. And so that said, I just wanted to do what everyone else did. When people had ice skating parties, I had ice skating parties. When people had bowling parties, I had bowling parties. You know, it was like, whatever was the it birthday party for that year, I had it. I just, I rolled with the crowd. I grew up in a very non-disabled world. And so I think that that's the way I kind of thought of life in many ways, which, you know, being 35 now, about to be 36 and, you know, looking at what is what 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 should my parents have done or how should I have treated life. I think it was really cool that they tended to be of the idea that you fall over, you get back up and you keep going. You know, and that was always like their I their motto or whatever was that okay, I fell. Are you okay? Okay, now you're okay, you're gonna be fine. Let's, you know, it was was always I'm gonna be fine, like keep going. And so yes, it was their tough love. I mean, I remember times where I couldn't reach a glass in a cabinet, my mom got me a stepping stool and goes, get it yourself,
0: you know, Mm -hmm.
1: like, they, they raised me to be very independent, self-sufficient. And, you know, I think, so I think it was a little bit of both. And I think also going to boarding school helped.
2: Hmm.
0: And I wonder if some of that, everything you just shared in that question alone, if that goes back to just kind of um, how you see like yourself belonging in the society um, and how you answered that question too. I'm just seeing a little bit of a parallel between both of those answers for you. And I have nothing (laughs) to per se comment on more. I just... I'm really, I'm being honest, I'm, I was really stuck with um, how you were talking about belonging in society and then just hearing this follow-up question, it's kind of tying it together for me and I just appreciate you being so honest about it and where you are with your journey and how you've learned and been shown and taught that you have no limits and that you fully are succeeding at that so well too.
1: So, um, I mean, is there anything else I can answer regarding the belonging statement or no? So that's
0: the thing. I think you answered it so well. And I just, I think just personally, as like an interviewer, I want to have like a great follow-up comment or a great follow-up convo off of it. Um, and it's okay that we, that I don't. And I think that's just something I'm going to learn through (laughs) some of this podcast. It's going to teach me and Emily, um, Because you, you'd answered it uniquely for yourself and there's no right or wrong. I've, I love what you said. I just, if you could see my face while you were saying it, I just had such a, um, I just, I felt compassion. I felt your compassion coming out when you were talking about it. Got it. Got it. (laughs) Um, so Emily, do we have other questions or we, Oh, one more question. How about, and we're
2: getting, yeah. Let's- oh, yeah. Yeah. I love, let's just, let's do, um, the last one. Yeah. I think I would just love to hear what you Thanks. have to say, especially coming off of some of the stories yes. that you have shared. Um, what are some stigmas that you want to squash about disability in general or specific to spina bifida? be real
1: (laughs) don't hold back (laughs) this is a this is an interesting one because i'm sure i have a bunch but trying to come up with some is i don't know I'm, i'm trying to think but that said i think the thing that always comes to my mind is disability isn't black and white it's a wide spectrum and it's easy to categorize Also, the diagnoses. So if I have spina bifida or if I have cerebral palsy or spinal cord injury or whatever, and I go to the doctors, it's easy to be like, oh, that person is going to have these symptoms, these capabilities, and these issues or whatever. And that's not the case at all. It's really the individual. And just like in the real world, we're all individuals. We all have different needs. We all have different diagnoses, um, issues, baggage, whatever. And um, I guess the best examples that I can give are just because I'm in a wheelchair doesn't mean I can't walk. Just because I'm in a wheelchair doesn't mean I can't sit, in a ch- sit on the floor. You know, I'm not going to fall over. You know what I mean? Just because somebody is blind doesn't mean they can't see. Just because somebody is deaf doesn't mean they can't hear. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times people don't think about those things. Um, I think that... Another one is, for me specifically, when I've applied for jobs, just going in for the interview, I've seen looks on people's faces. They're already thinking about, like, what have we done or, you know, what can't I do, you know? And the thing is, is I can take a very physical job, you know, and I can... I can carry a couch, if someone's on the other side, I can help carry a couch, you know what I mean? There's things that I can do that if you just don't ask, you'll never know. And so I think at the end of the day, we need to sort of squash any preconceived notions of what we know about a person and give opportunity. Because if we don't give opportunity, then we'll never be able to prove ourselves. But if we're given an opportunity and people are open, we're then able to see what people are actually capable of.
2: Amen. Mic drop. Yeah, like so beautifully said. I feel um, like when you were talking about the interview, when you've walked into the interview and the looks, like you feel automatically they're already focusing on the negatives versus the positives. I feel like the countless years, I mean, one huge positive about Anna Kate being out of school is I never have to sit in another IEP meeting ever again. Like those things are the absolute worst. Cause I feel like they want to focus on the child's strengths, but I feel like all we're focusing on is what she can't do. Mm-hmm. And And then her goals are, again, more focusing on her limitations and everything, instead of focusing on what she can do and how can we help her to do things better. I don't know. That's just my whole thing with the whole IEP process. So I can kind of feel you a little bit when you say like you felt like they saw when you come in, it's almost like they didn't see you as Elizabeth. They saw your wheelchair. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's like, I always want people to see Anna Kate for Anna Kate. I don't want you to see her for her disability first. I want you to see her for her first. Um, And I think that job example was a beautiful, um, not to sit here and say example again, but I'm gonna say the word example again, example of you and an experience that you had that definitely they did not see the um their candidate walking in. They didn't see Elizabeth. They saw your wheelchair first.
1: And that's definitely not how it should be. I've always been a liability working on set. And I knew that. I mean I and I've even offered to sign waivers just to work on set. Um and yeah, I mean I honestly think one of the biggest killers of mankind is assumption. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, I think that that is across the board. Everything that we've talked about today, everything that has been an obstacle in my life, it all goes back to assumption.
0: Yeah, we should never assume. It takes away, takes away what someone's able to show us, mm-hmm. in so many levels.
2: <clears throat> yeah. Well, Elizabeth, you have given us so much incredible content and words um I'm like I don't even know (laughs) what I want to highlight and quote you on because there's just so so I things that you said like oh my gosh this is so awesome we're gonna
0: have Um, a we're gonna have five posts on you (laughs) I know
2: and I just have thoroughly enjoyed reconnecting with you again and before we even started Um, taping, having, enjoying some laughs from the past. Um, But before we wrap up, we always ask our um, guest one last question that we don't send you. And that question is, what is something that you are loving right now? And that could be anything. It could be a spice. It could be a TV show. It could be literally anything that you're loving right now.
1: Well, TV show wise, I'm loving Succession and The Morning Show. Those are like two of my favorite shows. Um, But personally, I'm loving looking for places to live because I've lived in the same place for eight years and for the first time ever I'm living on my own and the world is my oyster and I get to make all the decisions myself. It's
2: awesome. How exciting. So when you say a new place to live, do you mean like a new, like actual home or are you talking like an act living anywhere like a new
1: state a new town I'm just moving to a new apartment I was gonna buy but I'm gonna rent for now
2: okay that is really exciting Exciting
1: season yeah so I'm excited about that and just to kind of I don't know I feel like I'm just heading into a this new moment in life that I haven't kind of walked down before so it's exciting that's really cool oh, i love that well i can't wait to follow you in your new season thank you and thank you all for having me this was really really cool
2: oh well super you know, glad i have a feeling you're gonna be back <laughs> we've got some good topics
1: i think we could pick apart one by one with you absolutely love. you have my number call me anytime and i'd be glad to be back so
0: Well, it was such a joy having you. And for all of our listeners, we definitely hope you've taken away one or 10 or 20 nuggets from the conversation. Uh, Like we said in the beginning, drop us a comment, a like, any thoughts or um, questions, additional questions, let us know. And we will see you next time. Bye. We hope you enjoyed another conversation and learned something that may change how you view people living with disabilities. Feel free to drop us a comment, like, and please share.